0: Hello, and welcome to the last in this current series of Tammy Gindus. And we are out and about a little bit today, finding out if you're out and round by Easter, what do you see on the seashore? And also, we'll
1: be taking a look at one of Peel's most notable monuments.
0: We'll be diving into the archives as per normal. You've got your book of words there, I think. And uh, I've got a little challenge here for you involving earbuds.
1: I can't help noticing you've bought in a can of Dove Go Fresh yeah. antiperspirant.
0: All will be revealed. It's uh, not a hint, is it? Uh, no, no. You, okay. you, you smell, well, you know, as good as usual. Right. Whatever that is. From that to seaweed then. From that to seaweed. It's not smelly seaweed. But I was just thinking for this last one, I was out and about. You get out more at this time of the year, walking on the beaches, walking around the Isle of Man. And if you go down, who doesn't enjoy a walk on the beach? And what is the one thing you can guarantee, perhaps with oyster casters and herring gulls, catches I should say, oyster catchers and herring gulls, you'll see on the beach seaweed. Right, now you might gather from the sound of water and the sound of stones underneath the feet that we were down on a beach over on the west of the island Niabal, since you're asking uh, and uh, a bit breezier than we thought it was going to be It's a good Manx spring evening, you never know what you're going to get We were hoping it was going to be lovely sunshine and nice sunsets and instead it's a bit overcast, a bit misty, quite cold and a bit breezy <laughs> Other than that, all is good the Isle of Man. Anyway we've uh, come down to meet up with Lara. We haven't seen her from the Wildlife Trust for some time and uh, yeah I thought I'd test your knowledge. (laughs) Not really. But I thought we haven't spoken for a while about seaweeds and whenever I go out it's the one thing you can guarantee you'll see on the walk around the Isle of Man. You might not see the seabirds you're after. You might not see puffins unless you're lucky. I will guarantee you'll see seaweeds somewhere. But not many people know a great deal about them I always guess.
2: No, probably not. It's not something you tend to, to look and pay much attention to, really, when you're on the beach. You're usually looking for crabs and fish and more exciting things on the shore.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it does it have an important part to play? A lot of the time, like we're standing here, you see it's sort of washed up. Sometimes people think, oh, it's a little bit smelly or whatever. I know there's a lot of types. I recognise one or two. And some of them, when you see them in situ, can be very beautiful. The trouble is, when it's washed up on the beach, it sometimes looks a bit of a mess.
2: It does, yeah. There are several hundreds of species of seaweeds that we see around our coasts. But it's really important, the seaweed that washes up and rots, um, it provides food for our small invertebrates, which then provide food for our, our birds, particularly through the winter and things like that. So it's actually really important for our wildlife.
0: OK, well, show we a little stroll around then and see if you can uh, maybe identify one or two of the different types we get here down at... Uh at Nyarbal um, there's a whole scutch in front of the stuff which has dried up so I know you get some sort of things like the bladder racks and such like are the ones that seem quite popular.
2: Yep, Yeah we get a lot of bladder rack and um, that tends to be more on your sheltered shores um, but down here at Nyarbal we'll get things like spiral rack, serrated rack, um, channel rack, some hopefully some kelp, some like laminarias um, and also a few green seaweeds and a few reds as well thrown in for good measure.
0: Well let's have a little stroll and see what we can see then. I'll follow you because you've got the boots on. See what we can see. You see, there's a pun in there. Yeah. See you know, what we'd we can see. See what we can see. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, Dr. Laura, how down on the beach in Niaba. We'll be back to her in a moment. Do you know much about seaweeds?
1: I know. I don't like walking on it with bare feet. Don't like it? Ever Ooh, eaten any? No, I haven't. Tempted. Not raw. No. Yeah. I'd probably give it a go if it was, you know, to be. And we know this, don't we? That if you tell me something's good for me, I'll eat it.
0: <laughs> I've heard that before. Uh, now, you've got your. We're going to swap over. You've got your little magic book. Yes.
1: So this is the little book of Laxey, the little headlines from 1793 to 1899. So I thought I'd let you flick through it today.
0: Oh, right. Honoured. Right. You ready? Okay, come right, on. Here we go then.
1: Right, you ready and stop. Okay, pick one.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh, there's a nice little few things on this. Right. Alman Times, january the sixteenth, eighteen eighty six, a recabyte tea festival and concert. My nana was a recabyte. Was she? Mm. On a Saturday, a grand festival and concert was held in the warehouse, Laxey Beach, in connection with the sons of Mona Tent, Of recobites. The members of the juvenile tent assembled at their tent room on New Road around four o'clock and marched in procession to the warehouse and partook of tea, recobites of course being Uh, teetotalers. After the juveniles had finished, a fair number of adults then followed suit. It was a wild afternoon. Tea drinking continued until eight PM. Four hours of tea drinking. A grand concert was held in the upper room featuring the Excelsior Glee Choir from Douglas, which had been specially engaged for the occasion. We are sorry to say they were not heard to advantage as the acoustic properties of the warehouse are not good. (laughs)
1: Don't you just love I wish actually we could be as honest as some of these newspaper headlines have been.
0: We've lost we've lost that honesty, haven't we? Have, we? Oh, there's yeah. a little footnote here by the way well, a glee choir, if you didn't know. Um, my nanny again used to speak of glee choirs, a musical group traditionally all male, which specializes in singing short songs called glees in trios or quartets.
1: So was that a glee tea choir?
0: It was a glee tea choir. I just love the fact that all they did for about five hours was drink tea. Drink tea. Fantastic. Oof, the caffeine rush, eh? Yeah, but no, of course, no booze allowed. wreck strictly the work of the devil, as they say. Seaweed, that's not the work of the devil. It's a wonder to behold all the way around the Isle of Man. We're going to go back now to Niobl, catch up with Laura again as we march towards the sea to start our little uh, foray of some of the seaweed you could find around that neck of the woods. Right, little walk down to the water's edge. Let's see what we can see down here. Okay.
2: I'm looking find some kelp. Some, um, some of the kelps, the laminaries and stuff, but the tide just isn't far enough out.
0: Right, so headed right down towards the water's edge. Now the tide is coming in, you can hear the wind, you can hear the sea as well, I dare say. Good old breeze blowing in. So we're trying not to get too wet. We're just going down to take a look to see if we could see a little bit of kelp. It's just beyond our reach at the moment, I think.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, it's not particularly big tide. So our kelps, our laminaries and, and, and things like that tend to be right at the bottom of the shore at low water. Because different species of seaweed can tolerate different amounts of exposure to the air. So we get a zonation up the beach for seaweeds. So the ones that can cope with being dried out for longer periods of time, we'll we'll find higher up the beach, they'll have mechanisms to enable them to do that. And then you have our low shore species that um, can only tolerate being exposed for short periods of time. So our kelps are those sorts of species that can only be exposed for a short period of time, which is why you find them at the bottom of the shore.
0: Okie dokie. Now these ones, I'll just step back a bit, because the side's coming in a bit. So these ones, here now, these or some of the racks, these ones. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: we're sort of working our way on the lower mid-shore here, and you find in the mid-shore range, sort of in the U you get a lot of your rack species. So the one we're looking at here is our serrated rack, and the name, very conveniently, is a definition of it. You can see the serrated oh yes, yeah, serrated edges. Edge. Yeah, so that's really obvious and really clear. We tend to find this at the lower edge. Towards the low water mark, um, and it can cope with moderately exposed shores. They don't tend to have air bladders, those bladders, gas bladders, so they can cope with more of a, an exposed shore. And they're really great for hiding things underneath them as well. The, the the dampness, although the top might have dried out, the underside is nice and wet. So snails like our um, flat. Sh- um, flat periwinkles and limpets and things can hide underneath them and get maintain and sort of a moisture, nice and damp and including some of our beadlet enemies there that like the dampness as oh well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, just underneath the weeds there. So this is the uh, the uh, serrated rack here, so it's the one with a sort of quite sort of fern-like leaf, lovely dark, at least when you see it out of the water, it's just a really nice dark greeny-brown you'll sort of catch it as and the one with the serrated edge you mentioned some of the ones with air sacs the one like this with the sort of you see the little balloons on that's the straight bladder rack is it? The
2: bladder rack yeah but some of the other species also have um, air bladders and I'll show you some of those as we we go up the beach.
0: Marvellous and this little guy here is this from the same just stuck on the socket this tiny little one do we know this one?
2: Um, It's a different. I don't know yeah it's a it's just a new growth for the for the um, for the serrated, serrated rack here yeah so that'll be the same as the others that we're looking at yeah.
0: Terrific right so the masses of this this is the one you might well see a lot of right down by the shoreline uh, one of the more common ones as Laura says and again you can just get down have a little look and you can still tell because indeed it says what it uh, does on the tin you look at the side of the leaf and it's serrated hence serrated rack so okay right let's paddle up a little bit whoops and see where it can go we're just escaping the tide it's coming up as fast as my heels to tell you I can always take my shoes off if needs be be. You know?
2: Should have brought you wellies, Howard. I, should, well,
0: I, I almost put my paddlers on, but <laughs> I should have done. Alright, so I've a little a bit up. It's amazing how quickly that tide comes in.
2: Um, a small sort of feather-like green seaweed here.
0: Ah, yes, I've got this one. So again, it's sort of glued down a little bit. It does look like green. Almost sort of like hair stuck. It's matted and wet. never looks as pretty as it does out of the water as it does when you see pictures underwater of course but yeah it's like a sort of fine green hair almost glued to the substrate and the rock underneath it at the moment
2: very fine filamentous green so this is Cladophora rupestris it doesn't have a common name oh i knew it it. just, just looks like green hair basically short green hair nice dark olive green
0: and that's Cladophorus. What was that one again? So
2: Cladophora ripestris.
0: Ripestris, wow. We could do with a common name for that one. You ought I to know. invent one, Laura.
2: Green hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like you didn't it. stretch the imagination I too far on no, that one.
2: But I like it to reflect what, what it looks like. It makes it easy, like serrated racks got serrated edges.
0: I think you're right. Right, from henceforth on the Isle of Man, this Cladosporus is going to be known as green hair seaweed because that's what it is, quite frankly. I think it would be so much more beautiful. I know you go diving quite a bit. I assume when you see this under the water, it's waving around rather attractive.
2: Yeah, it's very pretty, yeah. It just opens up.
0: Yeah, gorgeous. It's all just green plump. hair seaweed. There's much more on that, by the way, if you go to the podcast, which I'll be uploading onto the Wild Thing podcast page, talking with Laura about some of the seaweeds you can see around the Isle of Man. Just trying to inspire you when you're out and about, maybe to uh, take a look at the sort of stuff that's under your feet when you're having a walk on the beach and you'll find pretty much anywhere. (music) now then i do have a curious little challenge here for you so oh, okay. um so here we are. You've got your uh, slightly alarmed okay all so right you, all right you've got a little uh, glass of water there for okay. you Right. okay am i so, drinking this no don't drink it okay don't drink it right and uh, take one of these cotton wool buds do not
1: stick it in your ear
0: don't stick it in your ear. no very dangerous right so take one of those so what you do is mm-hmm. so just sort of dip one just dip one end and see what happens when you okay. stick it into the water okay Bugger all. Now then, turn it round, and so the, uh, the, the you're allowed you to hold... say that. What's that?
1: You're allowed to say what you just said. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, so it's to... got a bit bigger in full All of right. water. Yeah. Okay. So the dry end. Yeah. Yeah, the dry end. Take your uh, your anti do, you, do you spray your pits? Uh, more of a roll-on. Well, roll yeah. More a roll-on. Yeah. Okay. So don't get it in your eye, and so sort of mind the mic, and just give the, give the end of that a, a bit of a good spray. Oh, Twiddle gosh. it round okay. a little bit of a spray right. around to get it over the end there. Okay, and whiz it around a little bit. Okay, that should do it. Okay. Okay. Good. Now then, stick that end you've just done into yep. the water.
1: Oh, it's bubbling! What's happening
0: here? It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. How
1: I'm just going to. I mean, how do you find out something like this? H, do you oh, just you know? Of, well, yeah. I was just were messing around. you doing your with ears. The other day <laughs> you're doing, doing your ears, and at the same time, you just thought.
0: <sighs> but it makes Ooh. me think. Then, bearing in mind, most people spray it into their armpits mm. other areas are available oh no don't spray um, it anywhere else no just your armpits i did yeah. actually want to spray it onto my nether regions not good hurts um, what were you
1: trying to achieve no don't go on no, carry no, on we'll leave that there
0: it's a family show but if you think your pits do actually get quite moist as it were yeah you know, that's the whole reason you put them there it just makes me think how come your pits don't fizz when you spray antiperspirant onto them what i don't is... get fizzy pits when I, put, when I put my antiperspirant on, although I'm a bit of a roll-on man as well, if I'm honest, yeah. but I mean, I have used that stuff and I don't remember ever fizzing. And yet, and yet, you it put does, it onto there and you yeah. put it in, it, does, it bubbles quite Some vigorously. Some sort of
1: chemical reaction's going on, isn't yeah.
0: it? If you know the answer, because I don't know the answer to that one, it's just a, I wonder, I have no idea, I do wonder what's going on. Why, if you spray antiperspirant or deodorant onto the end of a cotton wool bud and then dip it into water, it fizzes quite, it effervesces quite vigorously. If you know the answer, Howard Cain at MaxRadio dot com, Beth Esby at radio dot com. I bet Adrian Cowan doesn't know the answer to this one.
1: Well, I wouldn't put it past yeah, him. actually. he knows to be ball fair. lightning, but he does. Yeah, I tell you. Oof.
0: Right. Um, you know what? I will. Um, we're talking about eating seaweed. The one thing I did want to try with Laura, uh, with Laura. Sorry, was to sort of see if we could have a look at some edible ones, and she did find some. She did find some. Now we're coming up to one of the much brighter. looks more like a a lichen or a moss sort of kind. Of, sort of seaweed which is that much brighter green
2: yes so this is known as gut weed so it's an ulva species um, there's several species so it's quite difficult to identify them but if you look at them that forms these little strings sort of and they look a bit gut like they do <laughs> your intestines you can see them sort of floating here in the rock pool and you can kind of make out all the little strands and the little um, little strings of intestines um, so it's known as gutweed, and quite often these are associated with a fresh water output somewhere. So the prime example, the fact that there's the runoff there coming in yeah, yeah. from here. Um, and this is one of our edible species as well. Actually, a lot of our seaweeds are edible. Um, you can dry them, you can fry them, but you need to get as much moisture out of them as possible because when you fry them with the water, it spits a lot. <laughs> well, Personal funnily enough, you've you've.
0: You, 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 <laughs> read my mind because I was going to mention before we finished today that I, I do know quite a few of them are edible and I was wondering whether you were uh, someone who's uh, sampled a few seaweeds and I know it's a bit of um, an acquired taste for some.
2: Absolutely yeah um, it's it's fine I don't think it tastes of a lot I mean I've had it fried crisps think about you know your um, sushi that you have and um, You know, that sort of seaweed, that's kind of, it's okay. I don't think there's a lot of flavour to them. You can dry it and make it into a powder and use it for salads to add to seasoning for stews. Yeah, I bet that someone's
0: given me dried stuff before I've used.
2: Yeah, um, and laver bread that the Welsh have. And that seaweed, um, it's um, a a laver, it's made from um, a certain seaweed Um, and you mix it with rolled oats. So it's not actually a bread at all. It's more of a sort of a gloop, and you can put it on toast and things like that, and that's meant to be a real sort of delicacy. I think someone referred to it as Welsh caviar. Um, I'm not quite sure it's the same thing, but, but yeah, it's a very popular thing in Wales anyway.
0: Yeah, it's a sort of... um... I suppose in a way you could, you could see it as a sort of, a, not quite a wasted resource, but something that is all around us. And uh, the only stuff I've ever tried is a little bit of some of the dried stuff and the one which I have seen occasionally, which they, um, I only know it is sea lettuce, which is like a little, yes. yeah.
2: Yeah, I was looking for that. I haven't seen it here yet. But um, sea lettuce is um, similar, similar to the gutweeds And yeah, again, you can eat that. And the porphyra species are the, um, the, is the seaweed you make for labour bread. Um, and it forms these sort of flat, sort of browny, purple sheets that sort of up the upper uh, areas of the the tide. I was hoping we might have found some today, but there doesn't appear to be any. But you can find it in on Douglas on the on the prom wall there. Um, I've seen it there and other places. Um, but obviously, if you are going to eat seaweed, choose your sites very, very carefully. Um, certain seaweeds will absorb. Um, things that you wouldn't necessarily want to eat, shall we say. So if you are going to pick seaweeds, make sure you choose a really clean site.
0: Is this safe here?
2: Um, yeah, I'd probably say Nyarbles is, is pretty good, yeah. Alright, well I think so. Well, in
0: that case we could try a little nibble then. Yeah. So let's just try a small piece of this. So
2: You can go first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well it doesn't look too unappetizing. It's green, it's sort of mossy. It doesn't smell of a great deal. Got a little bit of sand there, unfortunately, like some sort of sandwiches on the beach.
2: Because sea lettuce is also meant to be quite good for, um, it's high in protein as well.
0: You think it's going to taste very salty and it doesn't. No,
2: it just doesn't taste very much Not a at great all, deal. It? It's no. sort of slightly
0: green. No, not a hugely strong, I'm a bit disappointed. I thought there'd be a stronger flavour to it. There's not no, actually much there. Things like
2: pepper dulce and things like that have a, a stronger flavour. Um, those sorts of seaweeds but a lot of the sort of greens are quite you know
0: just quite
2: plain yeah. and not so unpleasant just a bit yeah. of bland. land yeah yeah
0: oh well there we go but as you say do be very careful if you're wanting to have a little nibble or something unless you know what you're doing either ask an expert or with some good books around and just be very careful don't be silly if you're going out and obviously don't wreck any any environments either you just take little bits like anything if you're doing a bit of foraging take a little bit for what you need and leave plenty for anyone else and for the environment and all the other creatures as well. Don't be greedy, in other words. Right, let's see what else there is. I bet you like a little nibble from time to time. Don't
1: be greedy when Sorry. you're nibbling. No, don't be. No, no, no.
0: Thanks very much to, uh, yes, to uh, Dr. Laura Howe from Manx Wildlife Trust. And as I say, much more on that on seaweeds. You can find a roundabout the Isle of Man on the uh, Wild Thing podcast here on Manx Radio. Speaking of wild things, people like to say, I was thinking Easter weekend, long weekend, plenty of time to get out and about. It looks like the weather might be nice. If you're going up Peel Hill, and I was hearing some of the guys and girls uh, in the newsroom or somewhere here quite recently pondering and wondering about Coran's Tower,
3: a place we have been.
1: We have indeed. And we can revisit that time now when we were out with Jeff Neen.
3: For many years it was open and probably a bit dangerous for people to go in. And there are also quite a few engraved stones inside which the trustees were worried might get damaged. So the door was put on, that deteriorated, and we had a new one put on, and it cost quite a lot of money because the chap who did it had to get a vehicle up there, yes. his own electricity supply, so it cost quite a bit of money. But that's the biggest expense that we've had on the tower.
1: Jeff, what can you tell us? about the man, Corin, who this tower is named after?
3: Well, uh, when, when we get to the top, you'll see where he lived, the family farm, and uh, that, the hill behind the, the farmhouse was part of his land, and uh, right, it's rather tra- tragic. Uh, his wife had a daughter called Christian, who died at the age of about three, I think, in, in eighteen o Three, I think, off off the top of my head, and they they buried her her at the highest point on their land. And then in 1806, his wife was in childbirth and she died. So he buried her uh, and the unborn child in the same grave, which which we'll see the the burial area when we get up there. Um, And then he built the tower. Because he wanted to go up there and sit looking over the over the graves, yeah. yeah. Oh, so he, he spent many, many, many nights with an oil lamp. Uh, there was a fireplace. There place. was a little fire, though. Yeah. i going to say I remember so seeing you, that. So you would have some warmth, but no glass in the windows. In fact, there were more windows then. Uh, he got into quite a bit of trouble because the, the fishermen could see the lights and they were misreading mis- the positions. So they, they, he wouldn't do anything, so they went to the governor and uh, asked the governor to intervene and all he did was he bricked up some of the windows.
0: The ever-wonderful Jeff Neen with us, oh, I don't know, it was a year or two back when we went up there and uh, had a wonderful tour around the Tower. And like I said, I know a lot of people still don't know and look at it. And some of the, like I said, guys and girls were saying, what, what is it about? What's in there? And so I was saying, well, if you listen out, I can tell you a little bit more about that.
1: Look at that. You're the font of all not <laughs> knowledge. Mm, maybe, no, not. maybe not. Maybe, maybe
0: not. Well, Tammy Ginders is the font of all Interesting things and knowledge one way or another. Any thoughts? Drop us a line any time. Howard Gain at manxradio.com. Beth Espy at manxradio.com. Anything you wonder about, and we can go and find out a little bit more, we'll do our best. Uh, we'll finish as is traditional on this programme with a little delve into the Manx Radio archives, the wonderful font of all recorded knowledge at the end of the top corridor here with all sorts of stuff which is gradually being digitised, but at the moment we can go in and dip in and see what there is. It is a lucky dip. Uh, I found a cassette. You ready? Go on then. Push the button, as they say. Do
1: it. Here we go. Have you got a
0: favourite? Oh, good Lord.
3: Oh, it's again. We, there's a lovely little Japanese imitation Scots whisky. It's called the Seal Jimmy. <laughs> it's very fascinating.
0: It's, fascinating. it's hardly a wine, if you don't mind me being so bold as to
1: remark, Lord Charles. Yes. The whisky. Well, no, but I mean, wines, oh, I've got them all
0: in
3: there. You've got wines, you've got red and white from all over the world, you've got whiskey, you've got uh, gin. I think it's Lord Charles, you've isn't it, and uh, Ray, Ray
0: Allen? Ray and Allen and Lord you've Charles? Got brandy,
1: you've got liqueur. How amazing. Chambers, yeah. and, and you I'm tell fairly certain it is. Oh, yeah. With
0: Geraldine, you forget how many people and how many stars Geraldine interviewed in her time. Wonderful. Right, that's about it for this series. Thanks ever so much for listening. Go and check the podcast out. We shall see you next time.
1: We hope we get another series. I yeah. wonder.
0: <laughs> I wonder. Julio.